For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. David Hope entitled, Together Through Thick and Through Thin. I hope that's not a diet plan. <laughs> not a diet plan. Oh. Yeah, I think somebody else said that. Ron Cope said that. Well, I have been thin, now I'm thick. Like, like the scripture, I was a young man, or I was young, now I'm old. So we've been there and done it. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to be here. Good to see everybody. Today, I'm going to talk to the camera probably as much as anything, maybe even so more than anything else. Of course, it always applies to all of us. Anytime we preach God's Word, it always applies. But I want to talk, and you'll see why after I get started and go a little bit, why. And, uh, but... It's no secret, basically, that my wife and I like riding motorcycles. You know, most of you here know it, and a lot of you people out there in motorcycle, I mean, not motorcycle land, but TV land, internet land, or whatever, you know, I've, we've visited you, and, and if I haven't been there yet, hopefully we will someday. But uh, gives us an excuse, basically, to... Uh, uh, go and see a lot of other brethren outside the Tulsa Church. We love you guys. Don't get us wrong. You know, we love having our home church here. But we also love, in, in good motorcycle weather, to, to get out and travel and, and see the wild turkey beside the road and, you know, the gravel coming up close and everything. But anyway, but it gives us a chance to meet a lot of people that we probably would not do. You know, we just, uh, it, it, it's a blessing that we have ourselves. And a lot of our rides involve being somewhere, some other church on a Sabbath day. And uh, sometimes maybe it's a, uh, a weekend trip, sometimes it's a little longer. But anyway, my wife and I have been doing that now since about 1993. It's been about 21 years. We weren't even 50 yet. I just realized that a while ago we weren't even 50. My wife made a comment about 10 years ago that uh, one of these days we're going to have to get three wheels, and then I'm going to also have to invent or buy a geriatric lift to put us up on that three-wheel. Uh, we're, we're getting close, getting close. But uh, God willing, we're still going to do that, as, as stupid as it may sound, but we're still going to do it. And uh, sometimes we even find ourselves uh, not necessarily quoting Paul, but talking like Paul did. You know, Paul in, in Acts 20 and verse 16, and, and I'm just going to go there briefly. Uh, Paul said, uh, in ver 20 verse 16 says, For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, for if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost, now, I'm not saying we want to ride to Jerusalem on our motorcycle. That's not what I'm saying. But we have said something similar to that. About five years ago, we, my wife and I planned a trip to uh, Redwood Country, you know, way up in northern uh, California, up close to um, the uh, Oregon border where Steve and his family had been there one time. Beautiful country. And we have a granddaughter there that was graduating from high school then. And... Along the, and, and a part of our plans were we said, as much as possible, I, we want to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
Pentecost weekend, so we felt real godly, you know, quoting Paul, you know, and uh, and we did. You know, we were very fortunate to to make it to Albuquerque. We got in there on a Friday evening, Friday afternoon, actually about midday, and spent the night. We checked out where the church building was, and so we wouldn't get lost going to church. And uh, we were only about a block and a half from their church building, and uh, we spent uh, Sabbath services there and Pentecost Day. Then we headed out on the road again toward our destination, and I won't tell you about a lot of the other stuff. It almost cost us a divorce, but uh, no. No, I was a little insensitive on one time, and I drove a few miles further than, than uh, what my wife wanted to go, and I, didn't, I wasn't sensitive or didn't realize the physical shape she was in. <laughs> but anyway, long story. We'll get into that someday. But anyway, we've had a, had a lot of opportunities, and, and we enjoy it very much. And uh, we also uh, had planned on stopping back by at Albuquerque Church. A lot of you know uh, John Shavers, uh, the minister there, and, and a lot of the, the people there that have even been here to some of our conferences, and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people there. And uh, we were able to also swing back by. This was 1st of June when we took the trip, and the end of June when we came back by and was able to spend the Sabbath there at Albuquerque also. Anyway, we visited a lot of churches over the years in a lot of different states, a lot of different places. And uh, sometime back, we weren't on the bike this particular time, but uh, we visited... Uh, a church that we had gone to a number of times over the years. Been there, you know, like a lot of people have come here a lot of times. And we walked in the door, and I was totally shocked. My wife was totally shocked when we walked in the door. Just picture yourself coming in, a strange, not a stranger, but a visitor, a friend from another church area, and, and you come into our church, you know, one of you people up here on, on the TV camera, you know, you, you come in here, and, and uh, you walk in the door, and all you see is one roll of chairs set up down here in front, maybe two at the most, but we walked in this huge, huge building, it's a huge building, it'll swallow this up three or four times. I, I got a rough figure on the square footage. It's somewhere around six, 7,000 square feet just for the auditorium and had just a few chairs set up on the front. About, you know, in comparison to bringing ours down here closer and put one or two rows up. It, it was really a shocking, shocking feeling to me. Where were all of those people that we loved? We were looking forward. We saw a few of them, some of the people we knew that had been around for a lot of years. Some of them we'd kept the Feast of Tabernacles with, uh, you know, years ago. But where were all those beautiful, wonderful people that we were looking forward to see? And I'd heard that a large portion of those people had uh, went out and built their own pretty good-sized building, was it long? And they were gone. <laughs> you know, they split up. Didn't last long. So it wasn't each other. You know, it was wrong. <laughs> but anyway, so that happened. And uh, not long ago also, or sometime after that, uh, we visited another congregation. And one of the churches of God. And they had a similar problem. Not, not, not identical. They, 
uh, you know, not in every way, but they, they had a problem too. And a lot of the people that we had known were not there. Empty seats, they weren't there. You know, and it's kind of sad if you like those people. And uh, anyway, while we still back on page one, um, and while, while we were sitting there around a the table uh, having a dinner, and a gentleman came up that I had known for a lot of years, and he was been in the church for a long time, very, very intelligent person, very smart guy. So if you're listening, you know, I'm bragging about you. He's a very intelligent guy. He's done a lot of research on church history down through the years. And he came down and, and sat down beside me and uh, he got into a subject that I didn't ask him about. I didn't start. I didn't initiate it. He just started telling me about this particular situation and uh, had a lot to do about church history. And I don't know if he was trying to just, you know, blow his horn about how much he knew about it or what. I don't think that's what it was, but I mean, you know, somebody could say that, I guess. But uh, I, I admire the guy or any other people like that. We have people here that with the same mentality. You know, you're brilliant people. You're very smart, intelligent people. You, you retain knowledge. You can read something and pared it back for years after that. You know, I admire people that can do that. I have to study and study and go back over it and cram it in here and repeat it. And, uh, you know, God just did not give me that type of, of talent. But anyway, but he was talking about church history. And uh, he, he was talking about, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of what he said, because like I said, I can't remember everything. I did write down some things on a, on a napkin just so I wouldn't forget the, the overall thing. But uh, if I have to, if I'm pinned down and I'm cornered, I will go back and I'll do the research and I'll prove my point. But anyway, um, he studied uh, over a 500-year period the churches of God. And I don't know if it was just the churches of God, but just churches. Uh, would split about every 20 years. They'd have some type of a problem every 20 years. And uh, he went from, uh, even through the Walled Engines, which a lot of you know, and a lot of the people back then, all the way up through the WWCG and even up to today. And you can see, you know, certain things. And he mentioned in that, and like I said, I, I don't have all of the stuff, but he had a, used a terminology right up front called aging out. Aging out. And I thought, what is that? And basically, in a nutshell, that was the, a lot of the younger people, second or third generation people, would not stay around and, and keep their, their, their parents and their heritage religion, not that they did not like religion, not that they were against God, not that they were bad people, they just did not want to have, you know, this type of religion in their life. And the retention rate for that, I think, 500-year period was about 30%. He said he thought even, and, and he didn't say this specifically, but I thought, but he was fairly accurate. But he he said he thought the Baptist right now was about 28 percent retention rate, and I thought that was kind of shocking. And he said most separation, according to the history and and documentation, 
most separations were not doctrinal. You'd think, well, you know, they're teaching Sunday or they're teaching this or, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person or something. And most, most of the separations were not doctrinal. But, and this is his words, who calls the shots? Who's in charge? Who makes the decisions about what? That's the, that's the thing that most of them were, were uh, arguing about and, and people separating about. It wasn't doctrinal things. If you go with me real quickly over to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. We'll read the Bible a little bit. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. And wait on the computers a little bit. Oh, they're already here. The one in the back, I guess, wasn't at first. It is now. 1 Corinthians 3rd chapter and verse 1, and I'll probably go through verse 23. And I, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one says, I am Paul, I am, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? but ministers of, by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. And if you know the history of, of, uh, of Paul and Apollos, uh, Paul has said a number of times, well, I'm not a very eloquent man, you know. I've got different problems and everything, but I don't speak with all of this. And people were talking about Apollos. He was very dynamic. He was a very powerful speaker, you know, very eloquent speaker. And uh, when... Uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila came up to him, you know, in, in uh, Acts that uh, they showed him a little bit. Even though he was a good speaker, they still showed him a little bit, you know. Uh, he only knew the baptism of John, and they showed him a little bit more. So, so even Paul, as eloquent as he was, could be instructed by some of the other m- members of the church. But anyway, some people would rather listen to Paul. Some would rather listen to Apollos. Verse 7, so then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. In our congregation, your congregation, anybody's congregation, no matter who started it, whether 30 years ago, Ted Armstrong or David John Hill or whatever, they might have planted, others have watered, God gave and God is giving the increase even right now. So let's not all get puffed up about how we have done, or you have done on the camera. I better not get too hateful with them. Don't mean that in a hateful way. Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every, one, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are labors together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. You know, we're God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, 
and I think it was a very good foundation, and another build upon. But let every man take heed how he builds on thereon. So whatever foundation that you've inherited, that you've come in, you know, people out there and people here, all of us, you know, be careful how we build upon. For one foundation can, no, for, sorry, for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds thereupon, or builds upon this foundation, silver, gold, or gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved also yet by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God. So he's coming back and, you know, the building, the temple of God. We are the temple of God, God's people, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile, and, and, and the reference says destroy, some people says even cause divisions, some authors. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he takes the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. God knows my thoughts. He knows your thoughts. He knows our intentions. Whether we make a mistake or whether we're, whether we're just outright doing something, he knows what our thoughts are. And thankfully, God's one that judges us and not, not somebody else. You know, I'm, I'm glad you don't judge me and, and, and thank God I'm not going to judge you because I, I would do a terrible job. I've been wrong many a time. Uh, anyway, our thoughts are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men. Of course, we, we realize that uh, the scripture says, put not your trust in man. You know, the very center of the Bible, we've said this before, the very center scripture of the Bible says, put not your trust in man. Man will let us down. Whether Paul or Apollos, and, and now he even adds in Peter. I, I never thought, I never realized this before. Verse 22, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, which is Peter, or the world or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Well, we've got the Bible open. I will run over to Second uh, uh, Timothy for just a little bit. Second Timothy four. Whoop! Second Timothy four and about one through five. Paul giving Timothy instructions again. 
I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears and shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch you in all things endure afflictions through thick and thin. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. And I think we can do that also. Make full proof of your ministry. Back down a little bit. Uh, trying to paraphrase a, a few things he said. Some of the characteristics that accompany uh, divisions or splits or whatever you want to call it. Some of the characteristics and the books and things that he was talking about. And uh, one was lack of humility. And we could stand up and give all kinds of scriptures on humility, give sermons, sermonettes on humility. You know, I, I don't have the time to do that, but, you know, even, even that itself is, is a, me- a, a message of its own, humility. The lack of tenderness. The lack of servant attitude. The lack of love others as yourself. There were a number of other things that this gentleman mentioned, and like I said, I I don't want to take a lot of time going into that because I would probably get some of the details (laughs) a little bit screwed up, a little bit wrong, and and, uh, since I'm not giving you documentation on certain books, certain pages and all that, you know, I want to be careful. But uh, it even mentioned some of this in the context of businesses and uh, big organizations, uh, um, talking about companies that uh, were either taken over by another company and, and, uh, or splitting, dividing, getting other things. Um, and uh, anyway, there's just too much there. I, I, I don't want to take the time. I'll run out of time. He, he talked about... Uh, uh, birds of the feather, you know, you hear, you know, the expression bird of the feather flock together, you know, you've got your little red birds over here, you've got your blue birds over here, you've got your mocking birds and your sparrows, and they're all somewhat different. Some of them build their houses different, some of them do different things, but the same way with people, uh, uh, in, in churches and organizations. Uh, you know, people, we, we feel more comfortable with people we like, I mean, that we know, have something in common with, and uh, uh, some people could call it cliques. I know we, Steve and Lucille, a lot of us, you know, years ago used to get a lot of messages about cliques, you know. Yeah, it's good to like somebody, you know, and spend, you know, a lot of your time with them, but, you know, spread yourself out, you know, get to know other people of different ages, different uh, economic uh classes and, and people of different interests and everything. 
you know, I don't know much about uh, soccer. I love football, and, and I don't know anything about soccer, but, you know, it wouldn't hurt me to associate a little bit with people that, that, that can talk about soccer. Uh, you don't like motorcycles, though so maybe you don't have to walk with me. But anyway, uh, anyway, but... Uh, but people even in, in, even in our own cliques or, or our own uh, likeness, we, we try to do the best we can to be accepted by our group. You know, you like this, I like that. You don't like this, well, I better not, not like it. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go on and get back into the Bible again. Go to... Uh, First Peter, fifth chapter. Well, these guys are good on the computers. I passed up my note there just before, during the song service there, and man, he's right there on it. Used to, it was, it was pretty good. You know, we up here, we could mark our Bible, we'd put a little sticker in here or something, unless we had 500 scriptures to go to, it'd be kind of hard, but we could beat you guys to it, but you guys even beat us to it now. And uh, sometimes I really don't want somebody to read what I'm fixing to say. But that's okay. I like, like what you're doing back there, you guys. It's very good, very good. And, and if I get a little better at it, and if I get lost, I can follow back here on the back wall. And you, you people here on the TV screen, I know you can't see the back wall. You can see this, but we have about the same thing back here. First uh, Peter 5 verse 1, and I'll go through about 11. You know, I fell down on my job today. Normally, I bring water up here and a pitcher. And no, that's okay, Ken. You don't have to. Well, if you want to, go ahead. But I'm just, Ken, Ken's one of our deacons. He, I tell you what, he's a very, very helpful deacon. Uh, I don't know why I didn't do that. I just, I guess I was, uh, I don't know, dumbfounded, I guess. Anyway, let's go. I'm getting dry, and I don't want to run out of, out of wind. First uh, Peter 5 and verse 1, Peter writing, the, elder which are, the elders, I'm sorry, the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, and the witness of the sufferings of Jesus Christ, or of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that is, shall be revealed. Feed the flock which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, not for money, just for the advantage of it, but of a ready mind. Be desirous to do this work, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples unto the flock. And the older members, the older people, should be uh, tremendous examples to the younger people. And when the chief shepherd, thank you, Steve, uh, Ken, very, very much. <sighs> Could have been a V8. No, I like it. This is better than V8 right now, Ken. I'll just... I hope some of you guys watching this, or any of you out here, are not fasting today. You start talking about water. What scripture was I on? That's when, what verse? Four? 
See, this is what happens when, when you get older. You know, we need, need somebody that can pay attention and to keep his line. Um, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall, or you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Boy, won't that be great to have a great crown that won't fade. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. So we need to be subject to one another in many ways. And be clothed with, there's that word again, humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Whenever God's ready for us, you, me, any of us, to be exalted, God will exalt us. Verse 7, casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because, and we've heard this a lot lately, your adversary and my adversary, and if you don't believe it, wake up. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, not that he's making a lot of noise, but he is ferocious. Roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist? And what was the other scriptures too? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near unto God and he will draw near to you. Verse 9 again. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, whom has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a little while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. To whom be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. One more scripture. We'll run back to... Uh, 1 Corinthians, go back to 1 Corinthians 4, First Corinthians 4 and verse 14, whoop, staying back over here, excuse me. Should, should read off the wall, huh? 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 14. And this is what uh, Paul was writing then. You read uh, what we'd already read a while ago. And, and, and I say the same thing. I write not these things, and I'm saying not these things, to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. So all of us need to be warned by the scriptures of God. All of us need to take heed. All of us have the encouragement tremendous blessings there's tremendous uh, knowledge and information on how to keep us strong to make us strong and to help us to be a happy healthy family and in conclusion there are many reasons why we need to keep the power of the holy people together a lot of reasons why we need throughout the whole entire country 
so I can have a church to go to when I'm on the road, <laughs> for one. One good thing, when Fran and I take our early summer motorcycle trip this year, we're planning another trip a year early to uh, uh, the California area, we expect and hope to visit a little old Navajo lady in Albuquerque, New Mexico, little Navajo lady that named our bike the Bluebird. When we came back through the last time, if you remember me telling you about it, when we came back on a return trip from California, a uh, little Navajo lady came in and, and we had already been in, I mean, been in the building before she got there. And she came through the parking lot, and she said, "Well, I see you still. You're still riding the Bluebird, you know." She named it the the Big Bluebird. I look forward to seeing that little lady. You know, I had a great time in Albuquerque with her and a lot of the other people. When we go to San Antonio, this is just a for, for instance. When we go to San Antonio again, we're going to be very excited about visiting with Julian Cruz, with his entire family his upline, his downline, you know, his mother-in-law and father-in-law and his, his, his son and family for the praise and worship group that they have there and the other brethren there. We're, we're looking forward to visiting with those people there. And when we come to your area, people on the church on the camera up here, when we come to your area, we'll be delighted to see you too. So when difficulties come, and they will come. I can guarantee difficulties will come. Let's have each other's back. And stick together through thick and thin.